Coming up. Stuff. <laughs> also, more stuff. Things and stuff. All of this oh. <laughs> and more <laughs> on this episode of Kissing Out. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. for this episode so we're kind of we're kind of rolling um unrehearsed and unexpurgated yeah and and uh, slightly drunken it's a little after midnight on a friday night here it's in sanctuary seven yeah. and we have watched a movie for probably the I don't know what fifth or sixth time uh, something like that yeah we saw it in the theaters and we liked mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. then we bought it on blu-ray because mm-hmm. we liked it a lot actually yeah. and we cackled again and we were reminded how much we like this movie so we wanted to share that joy with our acolytes because yes. we love you guys so there's really no mystery about how we're going to feel about this movie it's, not much at all. Yeah, we're not going to be like, oh, God, we fucking hated this shit, because that's <laughs> not true at all. We really kind of dug it a lot. Um, so on this episode of Kiss the Goat, we will be discussing the Sam Raimi film, Drag Me to Hell. Boy, if that's not a devil movie, I don't know what is. Except it's probably really not. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. We'll be back. We'll be bite rack. Right, yeah, bite rack. Ruh-roh. Once there was a show called the Not-So-Evil Episode Sidecast. It was a long name, Batman. No one could ever remember it. They released 25 episodes of brilliant film criticism. And like that, he's gone. Now, six months later, we're back. I didn't know we were gone. We've got a brand new name, new movies to review, but the same old attitude. Foul language and obscure references? Count me in. Each episode, we pick a topic, watch four movies related to that topic, then bicker amongst ourselves to decide which film is the best. We're the theme warriors! Join Iris, Jeffrey X. Martin, Doug Tilly, and myself for Theme Theme Warriors. Warriors. Four people, four movies, one dynamite show. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Horophilia Network of Podcasts, as well as the Legion Podcast Network. That's the Theme Warriors! Don't want to sleep no more. Who are you people? This is normally the part where we do Satan in the news, and 
we had Satan in the news, but I'm, we did some technology upgrades, and during those upgrades, I lost the file for Satan in the news. This is my fault. I did this, and, you know, it was probably not real cool, but we will have Satan in the news on the next episode. Cindy is still with us. Um, you know, she did her part. I didn't do mine. This is what happens, you know, when you take a, a weird extended break and get new things and don't know how to work your new things right away. So a little bit of ignorance on my part, but again, my fault. No Satan in the news this episode. It'll be back um, the next time that we put a show out. Mr. Jacks, I was wondering if you'd made any decision regarding the assistant manager's position. It's between Stu and yourself. Stu Rubin, the new guy? Stu's someone who's not afraid to make the tough decisions. I'm perfectly capable of making the tough decisions. I'll let you know as soon as I decide, okay? Will you help me? Please. Okay. We have an elderly woman asking for an extension on her mortgage payment. We would have to throw her out of her house. We've already granted her two extensions. It's a tough decision. Your call. Another extension is out of the question. Where will I live? I'm really sorry. Never have I begged for anything. But now, I humble myself before you. I beg you. Please let go. Please let go. Security! You shame. Soon it will be you who comes begging to me. Someone has cursed you. He's the Lamia, the most feared of all demons. For the first three days, the spirit torments its victims. After that, it will come to take you. Take me where? To burn in hell for eternity. It's coming for me. Please listen to me. There's nothing coming for you. How do I get rid of this? I welcome. You can give the curse away. Acolytes to this episode of Kiss the Goat, where we are going to be talking about 2009's Drag Me to Hell. This movie um, holds a particularly special spot in our hearts, as 2009 was a particularly um, uh, eventful year for us in our relationship. Not only was it it was. Not only was it the year that we got our first shitty apartment together, uh, it was also the year that we decided to say our vows and become legal and all that happy derpy shit that seems to be prevailing, prevailing, prevailing? Sure. Pre- so it seems to still be constant. Um, even after seven years together. 
So, um, yeah, so um, we saw this movie together in 2009, uh, shortly after it had been released into the theaters. We went and saw it at the grungy little dollar theater here in Knoxville. And um, we were not disappointed. I think we cackled quite heartily. Throughout this movie, dude, I don't know if this movie is supposed to be funny, but this movie's funny. It is fucking funny. It's gross and it's funny and it's over the top, and that's probably why we like it so much. Well, and that's the kind of shit you can expect from Sam Raimi. This is a Sam Raimi film. Truth. I mean, anything. If you look at Evil Dead, Evil Dead. Any of the Evil Dead movies, really. Or Dark Man with its great kind of hyperkinetic camera work. Even Spider-Man 2, which I think is the best Spider-Man movie ever, which I know Kudu doesn't give a fuck about. Could but, care less, but... Yeah, but Spider-Man 2 is fucking great. <laughs> but still, I mean, this really is kind of a distillation of all of those movies into one. And it's, it's a fucking blast. So... Uh, let's go through Drag Me to Hell, shall we? Yes, let's have some. Drag Me to Hell starts in 1969, which is the year I was born. <laughs> 69, dude. Eh. And, and um, this couple shows up at the house of a medium. Actually, looking at her, she could be an extra large, but apparently she's a medium. <laughs> and their son has been kind of been oppressed by this demon because the kid stole a silver necklace from a gypsy wagon. No, oh, poor Juan. Why would you do that? So anyway, uh, while the medium is trying to rescue Juan from this terrible evil spirit, um, the spirit throws Juan over the balcony onto the floor of this woman's house and then literally hell opens up beneath him. And as the title of the movie is, it drags the kid to hell. And I'm thinking, that's really fucking harsh. You know, it was just a, it was a necklace, it was just a necklace, but nope, welcome to Eternal Damnation, um, yep. you piece of shit. So, we leap from that all the way to present day, and there's a woman who works at a bank, and her name is Christine, mm. and... Yeah, and she seems very sweet, but she's really trying hard to get ahead. So there's somebody who's in competition with her for a job. Um, what's great is this guy's name is Stu Rubin, um, but he's Asian, so I call him Quan Chi all throughout the movie. <laughs> Which is, I because apparently I'm just a racist piece of shit. But he reminds me of the dude from Mortal Kombat. I can't help it. Well, and let's talk about Christina for just a second. Uh, She's this this little slender, doe-eyed, blonde girl who's probably, what, 23, 24 at the most? Something like that. But we Maybe. See, but we get to see through flashback that she used to be a fat kid. Yep, and who lived on a farm. Lived on a farm, and she was voted, what, pork queen? <laughs> Something like that. And she is struggling daily to 
rise above who she was. She's doing like fucking diction tapes on her car radio to make sure she doesn't have that country accent anymore. And she is making sure to make good dietary choices so that she doesn't get fat anymore. And I think the biggest problem with Christina's character is that she really, truly at the heart of herself believes she's a good person. She's not a good person. She's a horrible fucking human being. <laughs> what a terrible... Ugh. Anyway, we learn that she's just, you know, kind of a walking piece of shit when this elderly gypsy woman comes in. And this woman's name is Sylvia Ganoush. 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 Her middle name is Baba. Um, yeah. <laughs> She's got an eye that's like fucked up. Um, I don't know. She said it was a. Did she say it was an accident that made her eye all fucked up? Anyway, T virus. <laughs> she got the T virus in her eye. Yeah. <laughs> she ain't been right ever since. <laughs> she was out there fucking with the cows. She come back in. Her eye was all fucked up. That's right. Uh, so she has one eye that she might be blind in. I'm really not sure. But it really does look like a T-virus eye. <laughs> totally does, dude. <laughs> so anyway, Sylvia Ganoush asks Christine for an extension on the mortgage of her house. And, and Christine's trying to, again, trying to rise in the company, trying to make a name for herself. She goes in and tells her boss, hey, we got this crazy woman out here and she wants an extension on her loan, and her boss is like, we've already given her two. Um, this is really not standard practice, but I'm going to leave it up to you. So she's faced with this moral quandary. Do I give this old woman who says that she can get the money another 30 days, or does she boot her out of the house? Yep. Christine boots her out of the house. So, this is when shit starts to get weird for Christina in this movie. So, she tells this poor old gypsy woman, I'm sorry, there is nothing I can do. You are fucked like Chuck. They're going to repossess your house today. Sorry about you. So, the gypsy woman's initial reaction, instead of getting angry and trying to attack Christina or curse her, her first reaction is to plead. Please help me. She gets on her fucking knees in the bank and says, I am a proud woman, but I am begging you, please help me. And instead of appealing to Christina's good side and, you know, causing her to rethink and say, you know what, okay, please stand up, let me help you, Christina starts freaking the fuck out and calls for security and backs away from this woman in a hurry like, oh my god, sincerity, real emotions, I can't deal, and she runs away and... This causes a Baba Ganoush woman shame. She's like, I can't believe you you shame me. 
And Christina just stands there and her doe-eyed, open-mouthed look and is like, you know, like denying any responsibility for it. And, um... I begged you. And you shamed me. You shamed me. This is horrible. See, and here's, and I, I guess here's the fundamental problem that Cootie and I have with this movie is we are supposed to sympathize with Christine. We don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We don't. What a bitch. Fuck that woman. Fuck yeah. her in the face with. <laughs> Things, and we're here rooting on Sylvia Ganesh, like yes, yeah. fucking gypsy fuck woman, her fuck her shit up. So, <laughs> because so, if you can't have basic human compassion for somebody else when you're in a position to do something, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and the horse she rode in on. Now right. Sylvia does not take this well. She doesn't take this whole being shamed thing. Um, you know. She's not going to take it lying down. Christine goes to her car in the parking garage and she's going to drive home. And she realizes that Sylvia Kanosh is in her back seat. And they have what I can only refer to as an office supply fight. <laughs> well, the really cool thing is, leading up to this scene where you actually realize that Sylvia is in Christine's back seat is um, Christine is walking through this parking garage and it's dark and it's really creepy and she keeps hearing echoes of Sylvia's hacking because this woman has tuberculosis or something. She's like coughing up orange mucus. It's really gross. But she's, she's got the consumption. Something, right? So she's hearing her coughing and Christina keeps stopping and looking around all paranoid like and she rounds a corner and she sees Sylvia's car parked directly across from her car. So she's looking around and expecting to see this woman any second. She doesn't fucking see her. So she gets in the car and she starts it. And Sylvia's fucking handkerchief comes flying up on a breeze and lands on her windshield. And she turns on her windshield wipers and blows it away. And when she looks in her rearview mirror, Maria, yeah, have some more cooties. When she looks in her rearview mirror, Sylvia is sitting in her fucking backseat. Christine has a briefcase full of office supplies next to her in the front, and I'm fucking dead serious. She attacks, when Sylvia attacks her from the back and tries to strangle her, Christine grabs her stapler, flips it open, and starts stapling the woman in the face. Staples it. She staples her creepy, two-tail hard eyes shut. She's got like three in her forehead. And then she staples the woman's eyes shut. It's horrible. Finally kicks her out of the car, and she thinks everything's cool, and then all of a sudden Sylvia stands up, and she's got a goddamn cinder block, which she uses to break the break the passenger side door window open. This woman just won't quit. She's the fucking berserker, but she's like 90. It's crazy. She's like this really frail berserker. Romanian berserker. It's right? beautiful. But... 
the main thing that happens during this fight, besides the fucking, uh, it's just, uh, there's phlegm and all kinds of horrible shit, but the staples are the important thing, just staples in the forehead. And the and, pulling out of Christine's hair. Yes. This is the first time she gets a handful of Christine's hair, and yeah. this is a recurring thing. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is a thing in the movie. Um, Sylvia, I'm sorry, I had to swallow. I had a bunch of shit. I had phlegm in my throat. I had to swallow it. Um, Sylvia grabs a button off of Christine's coat. Yeah. And she takes it like it's a communion wafer and kind of holds it up. And she curses the button. As urdu sayon bellied. to her and she says something to the effect of I begged you and soon you will be begging me to ward off what is coming something like that right, right. so anyway after that horrible thing Christine oh, Christine has a boyfriend and his name is Clay and he's played by Justin Long and I just have this weird soft spot for Justin Long, and I think it's. I the, really like Justin Long. I think it's Dodgeball's fault. Yeah, I get that. You know, I really do. I just think he's just just a great actor. I really like the guy. Um, he's just he seems so honest and everything is in Dodgeball. Waiting, I really love Justin Long. So anyway, yeah. he's, he's ridiculously th- earnest and just yeah. I don't know. You believe him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And in the context of this movie, you're like, dude, you could totally get a better chick than this. Right? What the fuck? She's a cut. Um, <laughs> anyway, they're walking. They're they're walking home, and they go past the uh, office storefront. Anyway, they there's a fortune teller, and his he's an Indian dude named Ram Joss. <clears throat> Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is when he goes to pick her up from the parking garage because the police have shown up after the epic battle with the the old gypsy woman and Sylvia. Yeah, and so he picks her up and they're walking to his car parked on the street and they turn and and she's she like this is another like creepy scene where the wind kicks up and there are leaves blowing around and she hears gypsy music and when she turns to look she sees that they're standing in front of this fortune teller shop and she decides you know what i should probably get my fortune told because it's been that kind of day and maybe i need that and he's like what really yeah but anyway rob joss is this cool fucking indian dude um he's really attractive well he is well i can't speak to that well, you should. You know a good-looking man. I do. Okay, it's fair. He is a tra- He's got an awesome beard. He's a very good-looking man. He's a man. good-looking dude. He is. Yeah. Um, let me get his real name real quick. His name is um, Dilip Rao. Oh, Dilip. Yeah. Dilip. Yeah. Is this the guy who's has a sibling named Control and one named Alt? Yes, it's Control Alt Dilip. Yes. Control Alt Dilip. Okay. <laughs> 
So anyway, Dilip is trying to read her fortune, and he just sees all kinds of horrible shit coming her way. And to the point where he's like, you need to go? I'm very tired all of a sudden, and uh, I'll Here's give your money you back. your money back. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, no, wait, what's going on? So... Rob Josh tells Christine that she is being haunted. She's being as the minutes track. And she's being followed by this evil spirit. And he's not sure which one it is, but he's got a pretty good idea. But either way, he kicks them out of his office storefront, and um, they go home. And at home that night, Christine is attacked by the spirit. She has nightmares about Sylvia. And it's just kind of a bad scene all the way around. Just shadows floating around the room and trying to, I don't know, get a new recruit or shit like that. Um, So anyway, at work the next day... (laughs) It's such a great scene. At work the next day, the guy who's trying to get the same promotion that Christine is, he comes up and it's like... You need to show me how to finish filling out these loan papers or some bullshit like that. And her nose starts bleeding. (laughs) And not just bleeding, she starts projectile vomiting blood. And it's shooting out of her mouth. And it's shooting out of her nose. And it soaks. Like her boss just gets covered in blood. It looks like anime or or a really good giallo. Either one. Like there's fountains just spraying blood all over her desk, all over her manager, all down the front of her shirt. It's pretty awesome there for about 45 seconds. It really is. It's fantastic. So Christine leaves, and then Stu Quan Shi takes this file off of Christine's desk, and he's going to fucking get one up on her. Right? It's, It's kind of like... Um, industrial sabotage, except it's a bank. Right. Bankat- right. Bankatorial sabotage. Bank. Bank, bank sabotage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Christine leaves, and she's like, you know what, I, I've got to get out of here, obviously. I'm bleeding profusely all over everything in the house. I've got and, a um, face menstruation. She's <laughs> menstruation for real. So, um, oh shit, I'm trying to remember what happens now. Does she go back to her apartment or no, does she, she go goes, back to Rom? She goes, no, she goes to try to find Sylvia. She goes to Sylvia's place. Oh, that's right. Okay, so she goes to Sylvia's house. Because, <coughs> you know, she works for the bank. She's got the woman's address and all this shit. She's going to go. She's going to try to make amends and make up with Sylvia because shit just got real. Right? She's hemorrhaging <laughs> from her face. And it's a bad scene. Thank you, Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> so she's lurking around around Sylvia's house, and she goes up to the door, and she knocks, and, and this young woman answers the door. And, um, and she looks like a Ukrainian porn star. She really does. <laughs> Yeah. She might be a Ukrainian porn star. For all I know, fuck. Um, My name is Nicola. I've never had sex with Maine before, but I do love up my ace. (laughs) She doesn't say that in the movie. That's just my Ukrainian porn star impression. Oh, yeah, that's good. (laughs) 
Oh, well. So anyway, um, Christina, you know, talks to her and she asks her if Sylvia is there and, and the girl is like, it's like completely evading her question. She was like, you used to be fat, didn't you? And Christina's like, yeah. <laughs> and the girl, the girl is like, I can tell. <laughs> so, and she's like, well, can I talk to Sylvia? And, and the girl is like, you are not welcome here. Go home. And so eventually somehow she, she convinces her to let her inside. And she's like, oh, you're going to make everything right. Huh? And Christina's like, yes, yes, I'm going to make everything right. So she lets her in. And she walks, you know, into this darkened house down into the main living area. And Sylvia is fucking dead. There's a wake going on. Her body is laid out in a coffin in the living area. And <laughs> what happens next is <laughs> so fucked up and funny. describe how this next scene went down once she gets in there and sees the wake. Christine is... She's awkward, I think, around a lot of people. So she turns around and right laying right before her is Sylvia Ganusha's body just laying on a table. And she is so, she's so shocked by this she fucking falls onto the body <laughs> and flips the body over on top of herself and out of Sylvia Ganusha's mouth comes the most vile, like green fluid. I don't know if it's formaldehyde or just liquefied guts, whatever it is, it comes pouring out of Sylvia's mouth into Christine's mouth. Sylvia's mouth is open on on Christine's chin, like she's trying to gum her from beyond the grave. It's like the worst French kiss ever. All this shit just goes flying into this girl's mouth. She's choking, and she's spitting. It's like struggle porn. But uh, so she finally flips the woman off of her. They put her back on the back on the table. And the Ukrainian porn stars are like, you will make things right. Right. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. And you know what? You do a way better Ukrainian porn star accent than I do. That's really good. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm really, yeah, really pleased with that. That's nice. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so, Christine goes back to Ram Joss's place, and Ram Joss says that as long as Christine is is the one who owns the accur- an accursed object, which in this case is the coat button, that she's going to be haunted by this demon called the Lamia. Lamia. Now, the Lamia is kind of this weird-ass uh, goat. Demon, sort of? Sort of, yeah. Kind of like a goat. Kind of like a... He reminds me of that character from Pan's Labyrinth. But you never really see him that well. You just get, like, glimpses and shadows and shit. But, you know, the horny guy. I guess he was Pan. 
Well, Doug Jones, yeah, he was the guy with the eyes in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, the deal with the Lamia is, in a tremendous mockery of the resurrection story, the Lamia will torment Christine for three days um, before literally dragging her to hell for eternity. So Ram Jass suggests to Christine that uh, she perform an animal sacrifice to appease the deity. Now, Christine is... As she says herself, she's, she volunteers at a puppy shelter. So hurting an animal is nothing that she really of wants. Of course she does. Uh, right. Yeah, and of course she would call it a puppy shelter. No one calls it a fucking puppy shelter. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, she goes home and she's in the kitchen. And kind of this whole poltergeist thing happens where the Lamy is like slamming cabinets open and shut. And... She sees the horned shadow on the walls, like moving around and yeah. windows and shit. So she makes a really fast decision to sacrifice her pet kitten. Yeah. Here, kitty, kitty. Stab, 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 stab. Right on. Next thing you know, she's burying it in the backyard. Well, and then after that, it's time to meet the boyfriend's parents. Yay! And the boyfriend's parents are rich, stuck-up assholes, to be perfectly um, honest. Yep. And they think that Clay can do a lot better than Christine, and they're not wrong. But, you know, they kind of sense that she came from a poor background, and they've already told him that they know this girl who's already been through law school, and I don't know, she's got a life she's a lifeguard and she was got the Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know, some shit. <laughs> <laughs> all of the things. All of the things. All of the you can do better things. Alright. But Clay's like, no, Christine's really cool and she like brings this cake. She made dessert and it's called she says, This is a harvest cake and it looks I need it. Yeah, well yeah, it looks yeah. like a typical bunt cake with, you know, some with some glaze. Icing glaze stuff on it. Yeah, that yeah. powdered sugar milk glaze that your grandma used to make. It's all over it. Right, you know, right. If, if you eat nothing else, you'll eat that crispy bit on the outside with the glaze. With but, the glaze. That's, fuck yeah. Because that's, that's goddamn good. delicious. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the Lamia follows her to her parents' house. His parents' house. His parents' house. The parents' house. Yep. Hi, it's 12.50 a.m. And I've had 12 shots of vodka. Um, yes, have some. Yes, have some. So anyway, the Lamia shows up to piss her off. And right when her parents, God damn it! right when his parents are starting to like her, she begins hallucinating about the cake. She freaks the fuck out. Ow! Well, she the cake's that. got a bunch of fruits in it, like dates and nuts, and it's yes. a very wholesome kind of... It's the kind of cake that a pork queen would make. Yeah. But she sees an eyeball open up in the middle of her slice of cake, like it's staring at her. So she stabs it, and all this red stuff comes out, and it looks like strawberry glaze. It may have been strawberry glaze. It still looked delicious, even with the eye in it, as far as <laughs> I was concerned. Because I like cake. But <laughs> she starts screaming at the Lamia and stabbing her cake, and so basically she just kind of goes out of her mind. And it's it doesn't 
do a lot to make a good impression on Clay's folks. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah, she freaks the fuck out, and they're like, I think you should leave. And Clay's like, yes, yes, we should leave. So he swoops her off and takes her home. And uh, there's, one very, there's one very important thing that we forgot to mention, and I can't what? believe that we forgot to mention it. What? Clay is a coin collector. And at the beginning of the movie, Christine has found at the bank a quarter, an old quarter, a standing Liberty quarter, and I don't even know what the fuck that means. But anyway, it's a very rare coin, and she gives it to Clay, and he's like, oh, thank you, this is great for my nerdy coin collection. And he puts it in an envelope and seals it up. And he puts it in his jacket or something so he can keep it for safekeeping. This is important later. And we really should have talked about this before, but... We should have, but it's one of those minor details that you don't realize is not minor until the, the end of the fucking movie. The seconds of the movie, yeah. Exactly, and then you're like, oh, fuck, really? Right. And then you're just cackling because it's funny. Um Anyway, after this, Christine goes back to Ram Joss, and he says that he knows a woman who will stop the demon for $10,000. Yes. Well, well. in between that whole thing, though, um, Clay is like, do you want to get away this weekend? And she's like, oh, that would be wonderful. So he suggests that they go to, what, fucking Santa Barbara, I yes, think. His, his parents' his fam- cabin in Santa Barbara. Yes, his parents' cabin in Santa Barbara. And she's like, oh, I would love that. And he's like, okay, great. So then she's determined. She's like, I'm getting rid of this fucking demon before I have my romantic weekend with this dude that I love. So well, then she's trying to plan a holiday around your period. Yeah, isn't it, though? It's like, you can't fucking predict this thing. you got a pretty good idea of when it might hit. You're like, okay, I've got this three-day window. Is it going to hit? Is it not going to hit? You know, am I going to need to plan on granny panties or what the hell's going on? I don't know. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's very much like that. Trying to plan fucking pool party around when you're going to be on the rag. It just sucks ass. But anyway. When can I go to SeaWorld? Yeah. Nope. Not this weekend. I'm going to be at home with a heating pad and a five-gallon tub of Fudge Royal ice cream and Netflix. Fuck the world. We're watching all the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, but already, we're watching all the Lord we're of the Rings movies. We're watching them. Okay. You better have drinks lined up. Okay. <laughs> this is not experience talking. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Anyway, yeah. she goes back to Ram Joss. Yes, Ram Joss. And says, um, hey, I know a woman who will stop the Lamia if you pay her $10,000. And that's cool. But Only $10,000. Uh, yeah, no big deal. But the woman... Is the same woman that we saw at the beginning of the movie who tried to help poor Juan before he got sucked through her portico down into, you know, eternal damnation. Woo, who saw that coming, huh? Uh, not me. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, this woman, and her name is uh, Sean Sandina, Miss Sandina prepares a seance, and she's going to trap, she's going to trap the Lamia's spirit in a goat. And then kill it, and then, um, well, really, 
get her, Ray. That's basically the whole plan. Yeah, pretty um, much. And it's a really pretty goat, too. It's all white and shit. Yeah, and you can tell that it knows it's in trouble. It's yeah. just like, oh, fuck, I don't want to be here. So they raise the spirit of the Lamia, and it goes into the goat, and the goat goes fucking apeshit and tries to kill everybody in the room. <clears throat> and then the Lamia inhabits the body of Sean Sandina. That's because Sean Sandima's character is a schmuck, and he goes to kill the goat, and he misses, and instead of killing the goat, he cuts loose its leash so that the thing is fucking free. No, no, no. Sandima's the chick. Sean Sandima's the chick. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the guy who came in with the goat is just some schmuck. He's just, he's like her Igor. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's okay. I understand why you would make that kind of thing, that mistake. Um... Anyway, Ram Joss being the, the cool Indian dude, and fine looking that he is, um, he tries to convince the Lamia not to steal Christine's soul, but nope, it's never going to stop. It's not going to stop until Christine is dead. So um, Christine puts Sean Sandina's hand on the goat, and that makes the Lamia enter the goat's body. So his name is Milos, Sandina's assistant, Milos. Milos. Yeah, he tries to kill the goat, but he gets bitten by the goat, so then he becomes possessed, and he starts floating in the air, and it's very evil dead. It's very it evil is. dead, too. Dead by dawn, dead by dawn. It's um, very fun. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of fun. But um, he starts attacking everybody in the room. He's floating around. It's a lot of fun. But uh, Sandina, which... Every time I say that, I think of Sandima's high school football rules. I know! Sandima's high school football rules! <laughs> How'd that go? I can't, I don't know. Don't ask me to say that again. <laughs> 69, dudes. There's so much stuff. <laughs> All these things, and they're new. Um, so anyway... Sean Sandina actually manages to banish the Lamia, but um, in doing so, she dies. She kicks off. Yeah. Yeah. Sucker. Go ahead. I was just going to say, she doesn't really banish it, though. She just kind of, like, scoots it away for the time being. Like, okay, out the door, you, and she manages that, and then she kicks the bucket. She puts it in timeout. Yeah, yeah, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. Um... So, of course, Christine thinks everything's cool, and we're good to go, but... Uh, Ram- Naive! Yep, Ramja says, no, actually, no. actually, um, it's going to come back tomorrow. So we just managed to get rid of it for about six hours. You're fucked. Sorry yeah. about you. Anyway, he takes her cursed coat button, and he puts it in an envelope, and he tells Christine that... If she wants to get rid of the curse, she can give the button to somebody as a gift. Yep. Damn somebody else, Chica. Right? And it's like the ring. And that will make a copy of it, pass it on. Anyway, but that will pass the curse on to somebody else. So her first thought is Quan Chi because fuck that guy. Yep. So he, he comes in to, she meets him at a diner. 
Yeah, well, she calls him up, and she was like, you need to get down here. And he's like, what? Why should I do that? And she was like, oh, for starters, because I'm going to tell the manager of the bank that you stole that portfolio off my desk and took it to this other bank to pitch it to them. And he was like, oh, shit, okay, I'll be there in, like, half an hour. And he walks in, he's all snivelly and crying, and nobody likes to see an Asian man cry. So... She kind of relents, and she's like, well, I was going to give this guy the button, but he's just a pathetic, horrible, mewling piece of crap. So her next idea, if she's going to give it back to anybody, she's going to give it back to Sylvia Ganoush. Well, no, that's not her next idea. Because she's sitting in this crowded coffee shop, right? And she's looking around and she's trying to decide, do I give it to this poor schmuck? Do I give it to this other schmuck? And she sees this old guy sitting in a booth over in the corner. And he's like on the oxygen and everything. You know, he's like 90 fucking years old. And she's watching him and he's just sitting there struggling to breathe and staring off in the distance and she was like you know you could see oh maybe i'll give it to this guy because he's on his way out anyway and she gets up and she starts walking to him gets closer and closer and closer and then all of a sudden this old lady you know just as old as him comes walking up with a piece of cake smiling at him and he pulls the mask off and he smiles at her and it's obvious that they care so much about each other and then suddenly Christina's like oh I can't fucking give this to him he's in love the fact that she would even consider giving her cursed button to a 95 year old dude on oxygen just shows you what a horrible person Christine really is Right? She's not worthy of love or affection or respect or anything. She's just a self-serving, terrible human being. Yep. She goes back to Ram Joss because Ram because that's 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 how this movie goes. I'm gonna do something, it doesn't work, go to Ram Joss. I'm gonna do this, it doesn't work. Go to Ram Joss. This didn't work either. Go to Ram Joss. So he goes to Ram Joss, and Ram Joss says, You know what? You can give this back to Sylvia, even though she's dead. And she says, That's a great idea. I'm going to give this back to her uh, violently and yep. in spades. <laughs> So next comes my second favorite scene of the entire movie. The grave robbing. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Christina goes to drive out to the grave where Sylvia is buried, right? And again, as she's driving, she encounters this fucking hanky that Sylvia was hacking her orange phlegm into while she was in the bank. That's DNA, dude. That's DNA. It's fucking terrifying, dude. It comes flying up out of the darkness and lands on her windshield, and she freaks out again and turns on the windshield wipers, and it knocks it aside. This fucking hanky. It it knocks it into the grill of the car. Yes, the fucking hanky, like, slips down against, like, defying the wind that is traveling the opposite direction across the hood of her car. It goes down. It does. It defies physics. It goes down her windshield, across the hood to the front of the car, and into the grill. And the next thing you know, the motherfucker is flying out of her air vent and into her face, and she is struggling with this thing. 
slams on her brakes, falls out of the car, finally gets the goddamn thing off of her face and throws it to the ground, and it flies up into her mouth, and she catches the very tip of it with her fingertips to keep it from going into her lungs and suffocating her to death. I imagine every time you've seen, like, a vacation movie where Chevy Chase gets the map on his face and he can't get it off, <laughs> it's like that, except the map would be trying to snuff the life out of him by asphyxiating him. And it's a gross hanky full of orange mucus. Right. Well, from there an old is, gypsy woman. There is that. That's kind of gross. So anyway, Christine... Um, goes to Sylvia Ganusha's grave and starts digging that shit up. Pries open her coffin and she gets all defiant and she's like, hi, Christine, state your name, whatever the fuck her last name is. Brown. And it's in the middle of a rainstorm, mind you. So she's digging six foot deep (laughs) and opening up a coffin when it's pouring fucking rain, we're talking like 12 inches per half hour, heavy rainstorm. And let me, and let me say this, too. Um, and this is something that has come up in another horror movie, so let me just go ahead and get this out there. Allison Lohman, the woman who plays Christine, has no nipples. <laughs> She's digging a grave in the pouring rain, and it's just natural that she'd have some pokies going on. Nothing. You see no nipples on Allison Loman. And we haven't really seen, I mean, we've seen that here, but we've also seen it in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, the one with Jessica Beale, where she was walking through a meat cooler and got, like, spritzed by some kind of mister on the ceiling. So she's all wet and in a refrigerator, and we still don't see her nipples. I don't understand. They gotta have stickers for that shit, man. I think they're mutants. I think that is their X Men power. <laughs> Hiding they have nipples? Invisible nipples. I don't know. I think there's some kind of, con- like, you know, like control top pantyhose. I, there's gotta be some kind of control nipple guard thing. That is bullshit. Uh, it that is, is bullshit. But... My nipples get hard at the fucking whim of the gods. So that is <laughs> bullshit. I'm not buying it. <laughs> so anyway, she digs. She digs down to, to Sylvia's pine box coffin, cracks it open with the shovel, and sticks the shovel in Sylvia's mouth, wrenches her rigor mortis jaw open. I guess rigor would have passed by now. So, anyway. Shoves her jaw open with that shovel, sticks the button in the envelope into her mouth, and then kicks it shut. And then she tries to crawl out of the grave. And suddenly the rain is pouring into the grave and fucking rocks are falling and it's flooding and all of a sudden, bam, the fucking tombstone falls over and conks her in the head. Well, 
TGIF isn't the only place where they serve mudslides. So she's trying yeah. to get them all out. And she's just pulling down hunks of dirt on her. Meanwhile, Sylvia's corpse has popped up because it's floating. So you see her face and that big wonky-ass eye of hers. You know, and it's like Sylvia's floated back from beyond to... to torture Christine some more. And this is the third time that uh, Sylvia gets a handful of Christine's hair also. Yeah, which I can't even, I don't even want to begin to try to explain how that happens, but this woman should have a bald spot by now, because Sylvia Ganoush has just wrenched chunks of her hair out. Yep. Maybe, maybe they're extensions? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know either. <laughs> Yeah, so um, she recovers. She does not die in Sylvia's grave. She recovers. She pops up out of the water, gasping for air, grabs a hold of the tombstone that has fallen across, and and manages to climb her way out. And it is at this point that we believe that she has gifted Sylvia with the cursed button, so she has been relieved from the curse, and everything's going to be hunky-dory, turning up roses for her going forward. Every little thing going to be all right. <clears throat> right. That's and what we believe. And she's ready to go to Santa Barbara with Justin Long, who still believes that Christine is a fucking nice girl mm-hmm. and a good person. Uh... So next scene, we see Christine showering. You know, she's washing off all of the dead person juices and the mud and the shit from the grave from the night before. And her phone rings, and the answering machine picks up, and it's the manager of the bank calling to tell her that they found out that uh, Stu had stolen the profile that she had built up and taken it to the other bank, so he had been fired. So she'd been promoted. Yeah, exactly. She got this promotion that she'd been fighting for through the whole movie, and she's feeling good. She's going to go to Santa Barbara with her man for the weekend. So she heads to the train station. No, when she gets to the train station, um, this is, I don't know, this train station is apparently in a casino because there's this fucking high dollar shop that sells coats. And she's like, oh, I really want that coat. It is Uh, a pretty coat. I really, no, it's not. I like the coat. It's a fucking raincoat, like a, like a above the knee length. Kind of pale blue. I like the coat, actually. I don't like the coat. No? It looks good with her little sundress with the flowers. I don't, like, I don't like the belt. It's like she faked her way through judo class. Oh. We'll have to respectfully agree to disagree on that one. Agree to disagree. Yeah. I like the coat. <laughs> That's fine. Anyway, she buys the ugly-ass goddamn coat. It's a pretty powder blue coat. Anyway, for her, this is like the sign that everything's okay, and this is like her, her, you know, I don't know, rebirth, yeah, yeah, whatever. fucking birds are singing. Oh, right, it's symbolic it's for her. Sun shining, right, right. Now that I have the coat, every nothing can hurt me. It's magics. <clears throat> so anyway, her boyfriend is going to propose. And he's going to, you know, uh, I want to ask you to marry me before we go to Santa Barbara. Oh, but wait a minute. Hey, you know what's funny is you left this in my car. And and he hands her the envelope that has the button in it. 
Dun, dun, dun. And we understand that she has confused the envelope with the button with the envelope that has his standing Liberty quarter in it. <laughs> so she shoved the quarter into Sylvia's mouth. Not, not the, the button. Not the button. Button, button, who's got the button? Not Christine, because she's an idiot. Um, so she, once she realizes that, she has a horrible reaction to it and kind of backs away from her boyfriend and literally falls onto the railroad tracks into the path of an oncoming train. Yeah. Now, he's freaking out. He has no idea what to do, and he can't reach her, he can't rescue her, but it doesn't matter, because even though the train's coming, you see this orange light start coming up from beneath the rocks that are under the the, the, the tracks themselves. Hell is opening uh, up for yeah. Christina. Yep. And they grab her, and her face gets all fucked up and burned. Her eyeballs are bulging. Yep. And she is screaming bloody frickin' murder. She's yelling, help me, help me. And there's nothing her boyfriend can do. And they literally drag her to hell. The end! It's hilarious. Yay! It is hilarious, and honestly, fuck that chick. No fucking happy endings here. Clay is left on the platform, staring down where his fiance, soon to be fiance, was, and got dragged into the depths of hell, and he's all red eyed and tears falling, and just fucking shock. Just uncomprehending and doesn't yes. understand. Meanwhile, the audience is like, fuck you, yuppie. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what you get. Just desserts. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> and we will be back with three questions in just a minute. Hello? Hello. Who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of the strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? Welcome back to Kiss the Goat. Now it's time for our favorite game of, you know, asking questions. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is three questions. Three questions. Stop! Who would cross the bridge of death must answer me these questions, please. <laughs> We're a bit rusty. 
<laughs> our first question oh, that I'm no. going to pose in our three questions is, is this a devil movie? Well, with a title like Drag Me to Hell, it kind of has to be. But at the same time, you don't really see the devil. You see a demon. You see the Lamia. So the devil never really shows up on screen. So I'm going to say no. It's not a devil movie, although we do talk about his house a lot. This is true. I was going to say, technically, according to the precedents that we have set on this show before, there is no devil as far as the big capital D guy. So I guess technically it is not, but there is plenty of demon, there is plenty of goat, there is plenty of hell action, and as such, it is very enjoyable. There's there's a lot of flame. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right, question number two. On a scale of one to Donald Trump, how many horns high do you give this film? I give this film a solid four and a half horns. Yeah, I'm going to probably go a little bit better than you and give it five. Yeah? Dude, this movie is so goddamn funny, and it's really black humor, and I don't think that you will think it's funny unless you understand that Christine um, is not the Strawberry Girl. She's a living piece of shit. A yep. living piece, living, breathing, defecating piece of meat, and that's all she is. So if you understand at the outset that she's the true villain of the piece, then yeah, this whole thing is just fucking hilarious. Yep, I agree. All right, so then the last question is, should our listeners watch this movie and why? Um, yeah, I recommend it highly. Um, again, because it's really funny and because Ram Joss is a goddamn good-looking man. Goddamn good-looking man. And I don't know, because I have a thing for Justin Long, and he's very sweet and kind of naive during the whole film. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for him. I almost want to see us. I don't know, maybe one of those fucking rom-coms did, but Drew Barrymore. It's like the sequel to this. <laughs> you know, where it's like, oh, I'm so glad that I, I'm no longer with that girl who got dragged down to eternal damnation. <laughs> Drew Barrymore looks okay. I'm going to do this. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, of course. I have to agree with you. This is this is it, it ranks pretty high for me. I love this film and I recommend it to anyone. It's just it's fucking funny and it's ridiculous and like X said, if you recognize and accept from the beginning that the villain of the film is Christina, then you will delight in the entire thing. And you will just have a lot of fun with it. I think it's also maybe Sam Raimi's most underrated film. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, we hear a lot about Raimi's Evil Dead work, and we hear about you know, what he did with Spider-Man up until Spider-Man 3, which was revolting! <laughs> but we even talk about Dark Man more than we talk about Drag Me to Hell, and we should really be talking about this movie a lot more, because, like I said at the beginning, this is a distillation of everything Raimi has done up to this point. 
Mm-hmm. It's all smacked into this movie that he wrote with his brother. And, of course, he and his brother have the same fucked up sense of humor. <laughs> so this movie's really just, it's its a gem. And I hope people find this again and reevaluate it because it is so worth the time. It is so wonderful. Fuck yeah. I'll suck in that emotion. Um, and now, and we haven't even thought about this at all, so I guess we're going to have to make this shit up on the fly. But, unfortunately, well, I'm not going to say unfortunately. Um, <laughs> realize at this point it's probably, it's about 1.30 in the morning, and I've had a lot to drink. And Cootie has had a lot to drink. What? <clears throat> what? Well, maybe. Okay, um, I won't speak for you. Yeah, no, I have. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. It's it's time for America's favorite drinking game, drinking with the devil, oh, where we give you a drinking game to go along with <laughs> Drag Me to Hell. Oh my god. Right? This is always the hardest part of the show for us because we got to think of shit. I haven't even uh, thought about this. It's a, I haven't either, but I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to say drink anytime you see that demonic housefly. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, drink every time you see Sylvia Ganusha's fucking fucked up eye. Oh, my God. And it happens a lot. You'll be poor. <laughs> uh, let's see. Drink. Every time you see um, weird computer-generated shadows on her walls. <laughs> that happens a lot, too. But we're going to go with the Grandmaster Challenge of tonight's drinking game, and that is drink every time Christina looks confused and innocent. <laughs> because that's the whole fucking movie. Because she is naive as shit, and she doesn't realize that she actually has to pay for the consequences of her actions. <gasps> oh my god. It's funny because it's true. Now, please understand that we here at Kiss the Goat, all, all three of us, um, we would never, ever condone, um, you know serious underage drinking or alcohol abuse, but I will tell you one thing. It's It's always always worked for us. All right, let's move on to our next section, which (laughs) we just kind of scrabbled together at the last minute. It's time for America's favorite game of um, question and answer, which was probably how I introduced another section of this show, but... No, I did that. Did you do that? I did that. Well, well, it's done now. Fuck it, it's time for Ask the Goat, where we... Yeah, where we... Where we answer your questions and you question, <laughs> question our, our answers. Cussing your love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker. You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker. You receive a love letter from me. You're fucked forever. <laughs> All right. I hope you actually have some questions. Uh, we do have some questions. Sweet. Which, which is, oh my God, Jesus, we have a lot of questions. Holy shit. Well, it's been a little minute. Yeah, people are kind of pent up on this. Our public are dying to know the answers. I'm sure they are. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, The first one's from Cindy, Sin Fallon. 
Imagine there are, that. There are a lot of them from Cindy Sin Fallon. So, um, her first question is: Have you seen Black Phillip's book? I thought I left it here somewhere. Black Phil, that's the fucking goat from The Witch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. I no. 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 I've seen it, Sin. What's thou like to read deliciously? I'll get you a gut. I'll get you a fucking cookbook. Alright. Also from Sin, what are sexier, hooves or horns? Horns. Yeah, I'm gonna go with horns too. I don't know, I think if a woman came into like a bar and I realized that she was that she had hooves inside those high heels, I'd probably just kindly walk away. Be like, you yeah. know what? Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta meet I, 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 somebody. We're doing a, <laughs> we're doing a thing. Uh, I get that. All right, this one's from Joseph Petruziello. What's up, Joe? Um, and he says thoughts on the upcoming Jaws of Satan. And I missed you guys because we play his favorite Moody Blues song. That's Aww. awesome. The question is also my favorite Moody Blues song, Joseph. Um, now, when you say Jaws of Satan, I need to ask, because I don't know if you're talking about um, the Shark Exorcist, or if you're talking about the Shot Factory release of Jaws of Satan with Fritz Weaver, which we have seen. It's about the demon-possessed cobra. You remember that, right? Um, it's got little tiny young Christina Applegate going to the racetrack. Yes. Yeah. Oh, barely. Yeah, we were really, really tore when we yeah. watched that. But I've seen it more than once. So okay. I, really, I really like Jaws of Satan. That's something I wouldn't mind covering on the show. Um, but I would like to see the Shot Factory edition of it before... We, we really crack into it. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about Shark Exorcist, the Donald Farmer movie, um, I can't wait for that because that's that looks ridiculous. And that should be a lot of fun. I hope Danny Trejo's in it. Danny I Trejo. think that often. Yeah, Danny Trejo should be in everything. <laughs> Just, I hope Danny Trejo's in it. I don't care what the fuck it is. Is is Trejo in it? Yeah? No? Uh, no. Yes? No? Okay. Yeah. All right. Three-headed shark attack? Trejo? All right. Trejo? Yeah? Yep. We're good. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> That's really all it takes. <laughs> That's it. Oh, is this like a Catholic, I don't know, catechism movie? Trejo? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll watch that. He can show me his Catholic missile. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Next question from Sin. My tits are sore. Can someone massage them for me? Yes. But I don't know who. Mm, no, huh? we're, we're kind of far away for that yeah, action. We're but, not yeah. even in the same state. Yeah. So it's okay, though. I'm sure someone can just, you know, make a few calls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who would say no? Hey. Yeah. Would you come over and massage my tits? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, I would. I would. Yeah. Yes. If we were there, we'd just both take one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? It's just it's that easy. But and then you got like two hands on each one, and then that's that's pretty awesome. Cause that is that's awesome. A, it's a really thorough, you know, kind of massaging. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Where are we? There. Yeah, okay. Um, we were talking um, about Joseph's next question, which is... Oh. Right. Who's the better Dark Lord? Satan, Cthulhu, or John Denver? 
Um, what? She had to choose between your dark lords, Satan, Cthulhu, or John Denver. That probably depends on the day. Because, you know, I'm thinking... With Cthulhu, there's a lot less drama. Like, he doesn't put up with any of that shit. It's just like, uh uh-uh, nope, wiped out. You you terror, and then you're done, right? You you instantly go mad at the sight of his eldritch tentacles. That's kind of like being a ground zero. (laughs) Dealing dealing with Cthulhu is dying in the first wave. Yeah, that's driving to the airport during the nuclear war. Yeah, Yeah, yes. Oh my god, how drunk am I? Nuclear. Nuclear. Nuclear war. Nuclear war. Look at them warheads. Satan has a flair for the dramatics, so there's there's you know there's a lot more shit involved, and you know just depending on how accommodating I am feeling at the, that point in time. But fucking John Denver, really? I don't even know how to respond to that. See, I'm, my vote is for John Denver because every time you hear Rocky Mountain High in the Final Destination movies, shit's about to go down. Yeah, but it takes so long. It's just all drawn out. I mean, it's got to be worse than dealing with Satan. Look, if you love Rube Goldberg machines... No, that's what I was just thinking. It's like a fucking Rube Goldberg machine of he death. He was born and... in the summer of his 27th <laughs> year. Fuck, I'm getting off this plane. <laughs> this is not cool. So, yeah. Or this bus or out of this... Or Yoda, or what's like Yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm off of walking. this roller coaster away from this NASCAR race. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm staying home and never yeah. listening to old country again. Uh-huh. All right. Also from Sin, what does Satan think of the presidential primaries in the U.S.? Um, I'm sure it's just tickling his little black heart to no end. I think he's thinking, I don't have to do shit. Yeah, pretty much. He's just like, ah, vacation! My work here is done. Exactly. (laughs) All right, next from Sin. What was Satan's favorite film of 2015? Star Wars. Duh. Uh, Yeah, sure. I don't know. Did we see a movie in 2015? We saw Star Wars. Was that 2015? Well, we saw it in 2016, but I think it came out in 2015. Yeah, it came out in 2015. Oh, I don't know. It came out around Christmas, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Star Wars, because fuck, everybody likes Star Wars. I'll go with that. Besides, Kylo Ren, dude. (laughs) Fucking pussy. The shadow of the former glory of the Sith. I understand. I understand. But you know what? That's what we have to work with now. So we've got Kylo Ren. We've got the little bitchy guy from the First Order and goddamn gigantic Emperor Snoke, who is probably Jar Jar. So, all right. What does Alan McPherson think of all the Americans threatening to move to Canada if the presidential candidate doesn't win? Oh, he answered this. Never mind. Alan says if they bring a case of Yoo-Hoo and accept that it's color with a U and not color without a U, we're all good. Well, shit. We spell it that way anyway. I know, right? 
We should be on our Rare Canadians. I, I think we should be. We Maybe love, we can get Alan to hook us up with that. We love Canadia Island. We really we do. do. We have a lot of Canadian friends, so, yeah. But it's too fucking cold, so we probably won't ever go there. Well, if we go there, it'll just be for a visit. I would like to visit my, our Canadian friends in person for once. Can we go in know? the summer? Do they have summer up there? I don't think they. I think they. I think they outlawed that like a long time oh. ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think like during the like the whole Pierre Trudeau period, they were like, "Summer, fuck you, no." Okay. Well, we got the, well, we got the national health. We don't need summer. So <sighs> we'll consider that. Sin's next question is, what is Satan's favorite scented lotion from Bath and Body Works to use on a human before flaying them of their skin? Um, it's probably some kind of lime coconut thing, because, you know, <laughs> that shit's delicious. Do they have a soy sauce scented candle for mm. a lotion? Not that I know of. Oh, because that's my thought. Yeah. Rub them down in soy sauce lotion. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a like a like a fish paste or a chili paste. <laughs> I don't think they make lotions out of that shit, my dear. Well, I've been watching Iron Chef too much then. <laughs> uh, Cindy's next question is this: Is Satan in fact living deliciously? And my answer is: If you believe as I do that Guy Fieri is Satan, yes. Yes, he is. He lives in Flavortown. Flavortown. <laughs> that horrible? Yep. <laughs> Flavortown. I don't even have a response to that, Paul. I live in Flavor Flavortown. Uh, yeah, boy! Uh, uh, Alright, what's next? This is great. Joseph Petruziello. Does Satan prefer Five Guys, Chipotle, or Chick-fil-A? Or is he one of those gluten-free paleo weirdos? Gluten-free paleo weirdos. Yeah. You know, if I were Satan, I would eat at Chick-fil-A just for the irony. Me too. That would be fucking funny, wouldn't it? If I were Satan, I'd be the one who was at Chick-fil-A on Sunday at the drive-thru leaning on the horn because nobody's there. Yeah. 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 Where's my goddamn sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) All right, also from Joseph. Is Satan tired of being blamed for and associated with Trump? I would be. God, I would be too. If I were Trump, I'd be tired of being associated with Trump. Seriously. Because I'm sick of myself when I look at you. Yeah, that's exactly how I would feel. All right, Alan McPherson uh, throws out a question that's near and dear to my heart. With less than three weeks to WrestleMania, how would Satan get Roman Reigns over? Maybe. He doesn't really care. That's what he said. Alan doesn't care about Reigns getting over. But how would Satan get Roman Reigns over? Because he's not. Is Reigns not over? Dude. He used to be. What the fuck happened? He's never been over. He's been shoved down. Farg. He's been shoved down our throats. We've been forced to accept he's going to be the face of the company. But he's never been over because he can't talk. 
Yeah, that's true. I guess these days, fucking Ambrose is more over than Reigns is. You're goddamn right he is. So yeah, so how do you get Reigns over? What do you do? Because I have one idea, and that's it. I don't have an idea, so go with yours. You make him a Paul Heyman guy. Oh, there you go. Because if Paul Heyman can't get Reigns over... Nobody, Nobody can. can get yeah. Reigns over. Yeah. I have a, I'm have. wearing the shirt right now. My advocate is Paul Heyman. So that's the only thing that can happen. Make, make Reigns a Heyman guy and let Paul do his talking. Because God knows Roman can't talk for himself. Yeah, but that'll never happen because Reigns has this whole fucking integrity thing right now. He's not going to side with fucking... Paul, Dude, when he fucking goes corporate, I know one 15-year-old is going to just lose his mind. But it's going to happen. I guarantee it's going to happen. And then Seth Rollins will come back and restore balance to the force. And I'll be very happy. Uh, oh, <laughs> just compare Seth Rollins to Anakin. Maybe. Yeah, you totally did. <laughs> I really didn't think it through, but... Let's just say it that way. I might have. Uh, All right, Sin's next question. With the vernal equinox this weekend, are we to expect our high priests and priestess to be outside sky-clad? If so, can we buy tickets to watch? Well, um, I'm planning on going up into the mountains probably at some point tomorrow, but I will be keeping my clothes on. Um... So that would be a big fat no on the whole nudity in the outdoors for this equinox. Yeah, I got a podcast tomorrow night. I'm going to be on Fancy and Friends doing an audio commentary on Hellraiser, which is really funny for the Vertical Equinox. Um, but yeah, I'll probably have my clothes on too because the kids will be home. Nobody yeah. wants to see my middle aged cock. Especially Except for when, me. Right. Well, I mean, no children who live here. Right, right. They're not children. They're legal adults. They still don't want to see my junk. They still want to see your junk. Yeah, that's probably a really, really bad idea. Um, Sin's next question. What are Satan's thoughts on aliens? Are they really demonic, or are they just astronauts that like a little ass play? Um... Well, if you were to ask my parents this question like 30 years ago, the answer would have been, yes, aliens are demonic. Um, Tell them the E.T. story. Uh, they've heard the E.T. story. Oh, have they? Okay. I think so. I was not allowed to watch E.T. when I was a kid because E.T. was demonic. That's the long and the short of it. Um, I don't think that Satan would think that aliens were demonic. Yeah, I think the whole astronauts who like a little ass play is closer to the mark. I think the gray aliens like a little ass play, personally. Um, but just the tall grays. Not the short grays. The short grays have no <laughs> idea, you know, what they're missing. I think the tall grays maybe peg the short grays. What the fuck are you doing? What are you talking about? I'm talking about you laying half in the floor. Did you drop something? I dropped my wedding ring. 
Oh. And now I can't find it. But I know it's in this room, so, okay. I'm sorry, were you looking at, Were you watching me on video? Yeah, you've got your video on. I was like, I see the top of his head, and that is all. Yeah, I dropped my wedding ring. Ah, I don't Aww. like it there. It's naked. Okay, I'll help you find it. Thank you. Sin's next question is pretty simple. If sodomy is a sin, why is it the burst... The, God damn it. If sodomy... Three, two. If sodomy is a sin, why is it the best birth control ever? That's a completely legit question, Sin. I don't have an answer for you. Say you're not answering. The I yeah no I am I I totally am not in agreement with the whole sin factor or opinion there. So, uh, yeah, I can't. But you're okay with sodomy. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with sodomy also. You know. Well, you know, between consenting adults, but yeah. Yeah, just, you know, plenty of lube, make sure it's consensual, and, you know, rock on. Lots of foreplay. Yeah. Gotta warm that shit up first. Yeah, no kidding, you, just, you can't just go rampaging through the back door like some mm-hmm. kind of wild beast from the forest. So, <laughs> <laughs> make sure it's unlocked and the hinges are oiled. There you go. All right. Oh, Alan wants to know, hey, anybody seen any movies lately? Yes, actually. As a matter of fact. We went and saw 10 Cloverfield Lane. And quite enjoyed it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. John Goodman is... John Goodman is God. There's no other way to put it. His performance is so good in that movie. He's so creepy and so scary. I just, he's amazing. And X wrote a spoiler-free review of the movie that is available on popshifter.com. If you go and search for his name, you will find it pretty close to the top of the list. Maybe, what, three or four down at this point now? Uh, maybe five or six. But yeah, okay. it is there. Okay. Just go to Pop Shifter and search for my name, Jeffrey X. Martin, and all of my stuff will pop up. There you go. Yeah, I also reviewed the new Pee Wee movie. Um, Which is less thrilling, in my opinion, but yeah, it's there. It's yeah. not really, you can't really compare it to Ten Cloverfield Lane, but nonetheless, there it is. All right. Alan's next question. Pitchfork. How many more questions do we have? Two. Two? Okay, okay. I was like, Jesus Christ, we've been going on this for like half an hour now. Yeah, but this is the audience interaction part. They like this. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like Uh, it. I'm just saying, you know, how many's left? Two. Two. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Alan wants to know, pitchfork's on the left or the right? Well, left. Well, are they salad pitchforks? What? If they're salad pitchforks, they go on the right. If they are dinner pitchforks, they go on the left. I ain't got time for that nonsense. If it is a formal satanic dinner, you must abide by the etiquette. (laughs) Fuck the forks. (laughs) That hurts. All right. (laughs) 
Our final question is from Megan Maggot. Hi, Megan. Hi, Megan. Can you write a sentence about Satan that includes the words hawk, water, and bra, and make Sin say it out loud on the next episode? <laughs> yes. Yes, I can. Um, I, I, I make my living as a writer. I'm pretty sure I can make this happen. He can. I have complete confidence. That's going to do it for Ask the Goat. That's all the questions. Thank you. Thank you for submitting questions to our show, which I'm sure most of you thought was dead. But it's not. Ha ha. We're back. Ha ha. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Send us more questions. That's right. We're going to take one more break, then we'll come back, do a little bit of housekeeping, and then... um, I, I guess you could do something else because the show will be over at that point. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like give us, I don't know. <laughs> Here's a promo. Listen to the show that we're promoing because it's awesome, and then we'll be back. Right. I don't remember how to end the goddamn show. Um. I, I guess we do ask to go, and then we just thank everybody, and we're we're, we're done. Yeah, we do our little, hey, here's our website, hey, buy our shit on the Zazzle site, which only works if you change the filter so that it's not blocking everything. And you need to to tell people that, too. I'm so fucking annoyed by that. Well, bitch, it's Zazzle. Here's our bully pulpit. Um... I'm really tempted just to set up an entire shop and put those in individual pages, which, anyway, we'll see. Um, How hard can that be? Can you do e-commerce? Sort of. It wouldn't really be e-commerce because <laughs> it would be linking to Zazzle. I mean, if we had the product in our hands, we could do oh, e-commerce. Oh, yeah, we could do e-commerce then, yeah. Yeah. So just with the site-building aspect of it. Well, I mean, we could just fucking set up a specific page for each product and link it. Like, put a button and say, buy now, and it links to the Zazzle product. Truth. Alright. I'll let you handle that aspect of the the housekeeping. Okay. Alright. You ready to go? Mm, Yes. Hold on, because I'm not. Hit that shit. I vape two tanks in the morning. I vape two tanks at night. I vape two tanks, I vape two tanks. I don't even know the goddamn song. I'm singing way too much on this episode. Well, it's two o'clock in the morning, and we're a couple of sheets into the wind. That's true. I think it's all right. Wow, another hour in, I must be lonely. Yep. Five, four, three. And I said, baby, it's 3 a.m. I must be lonely. lonely. Yeah, well, she said, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no.
know. This is the first time we've caught you singing on the, on the <laughs> show in the last fucking two years. That's going in. Nope. Yup. <laughs> I can't help but be scared of it all sometimes. And the rain gonna wash away, I believe. <laughs> Oh God! Welcome back to America's Top Twenty. Welcome back. Um, it is at this point in the show where we thank all of you. Um, Thank you. Yes. For your, we thank you for your patience. We thank you for still listening to the show. We hope you're still having a good time with it because uh, we are again, finally. Yeah. It's all my fault, dude. I just got, cause I got burned out on writing the whole thing out, but this whole thing with no script, this is working out fine. We did, yeah. we did okay tonight, and that's way easier as far as I'm concerned, and it's a lot of fun. So anyway, thank you. For still listening to the show and still hanging out with us, we really appreciate it. Thank you to Bo at Legion Podcasts for yes, Bo. Bo probably doesn't remember that we exist, but we do. We do, and we still love you, man. We still love we you. Still dude. love you, man. Check out Bo's movie. Um, go to your local retail store and find Lost After Dark, which yes. is the movie that Bo wrote. And by all available accounts, it is an awesome throwback to 80s slasher flicks. So check that shit out as fast as you can. Yeah, dude. What he said. <clears throat> so, um, let's book. see. Well, I wanted to do one more thing do, before do, we go into Facebook. Do it. I'm going to do this. Because I told you guys that this movie was kind of important to me and X. During our first year together, it's like living together, we developed a credo, if you will. Ah, yes. These are the loose general guidelines by which we live our lives. If we have morals... If we have moral guideposts... These are big ifs. This list encompasses both of those things. Could we call this cootieism? This is is the X and Cootie credo. Boom. Okay? So, I'm going to read it to you, my dear acolytes, because we love you. And we want you to understand us to the nth degree because we're cancers and this is what we do. So and it's, it's also extremely relevant to the movie that we just it is, covered. It is. At least, at least one point. Well, probably two or three points. So, number one, be excellent to each other. Number two, do what is necessary and be as polite as possible. Number three, Find the positive. If you can't find the positive, find the funny. And if you can't find the funny, find the weird. Number four, whatever works. Period. Number five, (laughs) picks or it didn't happen. That's extremely important when describing sexual activities. Especially important. And Sin knows that we stick by this one. 
Number six, be nice to old gypsy women. They can fuck your shit up. They don't care if they have staples in their forehead. They don't care if you've stapled their wonky eyes shut. They will still come and get your ass if you fuck with them. That's right. Be nice to old gypsy women. That one is non-negotiable. Right on. Number seven, also non-negotiable, so listen up. When someone asks if you are a god, say yes. Yes. Number eight. For the love of all that's holy, don't use a Y when a regular vowel will suffice. <laughs> I'm, talking makes to, you, I'm talking to you, Internet pagans. Yeah, it makes you look like a pretentious jackass. Okay. Okay. And number nine probably doesn't really relate to anybody but us. Our sentence is up. In other words, um, spend some money and read The Invisibles by Grant Morrison. It will change your life. It it changed ours. So, yeah, make that happen. That was good. Thank you for reading the credo. I appreciate that. Yeah, I wanted to go through it. And it just, I was like, oh, shit, it's the end of the show. And we haven't done it, but I want to do it. Yeah, well, this is what we base our entire... um, you know, lives on. This is yeah. our more. This is our moral code. And you don't have to follow it, but we do. So just so you know us. where we're coming from. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It works for us. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So, um, where was I? Oh, uh, shit. Housekeeping. So you can find us on the World Wide Web. If anybody still says the World Wide Web, at kissthegoat.weebly.com. <laughs> Um, on that website, you can listen to our latest episodes. You can read a little bit more about us and read some nice things that people have said about us. Uh, you can also listen to archives of our show and you can click on the where the goat page which has a link to our zazzle store now we just recently discovered that zazzle has this little automatic filter that if you don't click on it and change the settings to turn it fucking off you may not see all the shit in our store so look for that if you click on the link on our store and if you've gone there before and only seen a baby t-shirt and a bib i apologize not our fault fucking zazzle so there you have it fucking um zazzles Zazzles. You can also find us on Facebook. We would love if you joined us because we have the best group of people on Facebook, part of our our Facebook group page, and that is Facebook slash group slash Kiss the Goat or something like that. Or just do a search for Kiss the Goat and you'll find us. Let me jump in here and say I want to give a special thanks to Cindy Sin Fallon for um, kind of shepherding the group while we've been absent. She has. She's kept it alive and people interested, and that's because she's just an awesome lady, and we really adore her. That's right. So thank you, Sin, for keeping the dream alive, as it were. Yes. Thank you, Sin. And most of all, we want to thank you guys for listening 
and for being patient, we're I, I think we're gonna we're we're close to being back up to speed at this point. So you can expect some more KTG episodes in the near future. But yeah, thank you so much for just I don't know. Thanks for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. And I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, I think you're right. You and I have both sung enough and slurred enough and gone off on enough tangents that um, it's probably time to wrap this shit up. Well, singing and slurring is what we do. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess until next time, my name is X. And I'm Cootie. Hell Satan. Satan. Love you guys. Satan. 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 gonna be this kind of party I'd have stuck my dick in the goat <laughs> yeah back in the day your eyes were learned that man was not considered to be considered to be <laughs> oh god damn probably alright I'm, I'm already like half naked to do this with this script. More sangria. Yes. Let's fucking do it. Yes, have some. Yes. Get a little spinny wheel thing. With a go-rounded sack of holes. With a fly like a bird up in the sky. Goat dickin', huh? Mmm. Dick Nuggo. Dick it. Don't forget the stuff. I would never forget the stuff. We've got it. That's right. Are you eating it, or is it eating you? Oh, it's probably the wrong stuff. Oh my god. I don't have the right stuff. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Love the way you tell me ow. Oh my god. Ow. All that I needed was you in my life. So right. Where is it? 90? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Hey, I'm not singing Creed. I don't want to hear any bitching. <laughs> <laughs>